welcome to the Stop Over Drinking and Start Living podcast, where high achieving, goal oriented rebel women come to learn how to live a vibrant and fulfilling life without requiring alcohol to get through it. No labels, no judgments, no saying you'll never drink again, just real proven methods to help you stop rebelling against yourself with alcohol so you can drink less and do more. I'm your host, Angela Masenik. Let's dig in. Welcome to episode 206, Your Questions Answered. Well, hello there. How are you all? This is a really good episode. If you're new to the podcast, I think you should start here. So I get questions all the time about how to drink less. And specifically, you know, we're in the holiday season right now. And I got a lot of questions that were emailed or posted in one of my Facebook groups. And I wanted to give you a one-time hit of having all of these questions answered in one place. So this podcast episode is a really good place to start. I'm answering these questions. How do you handle holiday stress without alcohol? I'm answering, once you identify your feelings, how do you change your thoughts around the feelings? I'm answering, how do you stop drinking after your planned amount? We talk about changing your identity around alcohol. How do you change negative thoughts while being true to yourself and your feelings? This is also called, I don't want to just, you know, Pollyanna myself and how I think about things. And then how do you believe in yourself enough that you can write down your drink plan and feel optimistic that you can stick to it? So I highly encourage you to grab a notebook and enjoy this question and answer format class that I taught this week, specifically around the holidays. And I talk about my coaching program. I am taking final enrollment into my six-month Stop Over Drinking and Start Living coaching program. And I don't want you to miss this opportunity because it closes down on December 31st, 2022. You can check out the details by clicking through in the show notes, but it's angelamasenic.com forward slash join S-O-D-S-L for all of the details and to apply to join the coaching program. And if you want to watch me live along with hearing this on the podcast, you can actually go to my website and watch this podcast in video form. It's on my main homepage at AngelaMasenic.com. The whole class that I taught is right there. You can watch my slides through it. You can watch me on video. And actually, I think that would be a really good way for you to take in this podcast. But if you can't, just listening to it on audio is totally fine. But make sure you grab a notebook and give yourself some time to fully dig into this episode. Thank you so much for being here. I love you all. Bye. Welcome to the live Q&A call with me. I'm Angela Masenic, And I thought I would just open up with a little story. So um, part of stopping over drinking, especially when we're looking at just like this acute time that we're in right now with the holidays and being social and being around other people. Um, it comes up a lot, a lot about like worrying about what other people will think. Okay. And that's one of the core things that we talk about inside all of my coaching programs. I talk about it on my podcast, stop over drinking and start living. Um, we, it comes up a lot because one of the biggest fears that people have when they change their relationship with alcohol or they consider that they might want to work on changing their relationship with alcohol is what are people going to think? 
you know, they've got these deep relationships and long histories with people or maybe their spouse, family members, friends, social networks, colleagues in the workplace where they have this alcohol identity. And if they change that, who will they be? Um, is this new person who doesn't overdrink, who doesn't um, partake as much in the alcohol. And so that's a big fear that people have. And their mind goes to, I'll be boring. Um, I won't know how to connect with people, blah, 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 right? And so that kind of holds people back. So I thought that I would open up with an exercise and just keep things light, right? I have this crazy crown on right now. <laughs> and um, I love this crown. I just got it yesterday, actually, at a holiday market in my area. And I just want to demonstrate to you that it can be okay to be yourself. Okay. So I want you to think about that as we go through the live Q and a call today, like, you know, probably before when I first started this work and changing my own relationship with alcohol, there's no way in hell I would show up with a freaking crystal crown on my head. Okay. What you're seeing right now in like the gown and the glam and like very comfortable talking and speaking to lots of different people. It took a while for me to get here, but I just want to kind of paint a picture of what's possible, right? So if I were to worry about what you guys would think about me and who I wanted to be and not really fully being who I am, I would be a toned down um, sort of vanilla version of myself. And you guys wouldn't connect with me as much as a lot of you guys do, right? Like you like me for speaking freely, for sometimes swearing, for just telling it how it is, right? But if I worried about what you were thinking, I wouldn't show up that way. And this is why this is important. If you guys are not paying attention, you need to pay attention right now. Okay. <laughs> I would have resented not doing myself. I would have resented not saying what I wanted to say. I would have resented holding myself back, editing myself. And I would have felt resentful about that and be hard on myself. And then I would have went and drank right? When you hold yourself back, when you do things that you don't want to do, um, you say yes to all the things to try to make everybody happy. Ultimately, like you try to be a people pleaser all the time. That is an exhaustive energy. And you don't like that, right? Like we don't like not hearing ourselves. We don't like showing up as our, the best versions of ourselves, right? We don't like editing ourselves and we get, it shows up in resentment or anger or frustration. And then at the end of the day, it sounds like I'm doing all these things for all these other people. And this is the only thing that I get to do. And then we go drink. Can anybody relate to that? Right? So I want to invite you during this Q&A call, specifically, we're going to be talking about holidays and over drinking around the holidays. I'm going to answer your questions that you've shared with me previously on how you can do that and be true to yourself. Right? And I'm just displaying that right now with this crown on my head. Okay. Like I, I actually went through the process of like, should I wear the crown? Should I not wear the crown? If I wear the crown, you know, am I going to turn people off? If I, if I don't wear the crown, will I regret wearing the crown? Like I still go through those things in my head. It's totally normal. But ultimately I'm like, this is who I am. I bought this crown. I freaking love this crown. It was a very cool experience in buying it. And I feel like having fun and demonstrating how, when we let go of what other people are thinking, we actually get to be who ourselves more. We get to feel happier, more alive. And we drink a heck of a lot less. Okay. So that's what I want to demonstrate today in this class. And who likes the crown? I mean, <laughs> right? Like I'm totally rocking this crown. 
Yes, exactly. Sandy says, not being myself is utterly exhausting. Drinking and blacking out keeps taking away the real me, right? Like I want, I'm trying to like demonstrate this aliveness, right? It is Monday at noon. I am dressed in full on holiday, like glam dress, fake eyelashes, this crown. And it's like, we do this for, I'm doing this for me because I'm enjoying it. Right. And that is coming through. My energy is coming through. I feel alive. I feel excited. I'm happy. Right. And there's nobody here like in real life. Is that for you guys? Right. And so I just want you, I just want you guys to kind of keep that in the back of your mind as we're going through the, um, thank you, Anne. <laughs> as we're going through some of the questions and stay. Yeah. Alex, the drinking just happens before I know it. There's a glass in my hand. That's not true. You are ultimately in control of what you do. And I want to show you that today. So I want you to, Alex, to keep an open mind to not believing that drinking just doesn't happen. It just doesn't. You are making decisions to drink throughout the day or in that moment. And I'm going to help you see why you're doing that. Okay. So keep an open mind with me today. All right. I'm going to share my screen. I want you while I'm, while I'm getting myself organized here, make sure you close down all of your applications, turn off, do not, or turn on, do not disturb on your phone. Don't be multitasking. Okay. You've dedicated an hour here with me. I want you to be with me for an hour. Okay. Be ready to listen. I'm going to move very fast. I'm going to answer as many questions as I can. I've got some pre-sent in questions here that we're going to start with, but I know that there'll be more and I want to share a lot of the details. Okay. All right. Can you guys all see me, hear me? Okay. Now that I've shared my screen, I think this is what it looks like. Okay. So welcome to the holiday Q and A. I'm Angela Masenek. I'm a certified life coach. I'm the host and the creator of the Stop Over Drinking and Start Living podcast. I've created many multiple programs to help women specifically stop over drinking and start living. Oh, I see how this works. <laughs> um, this is just my story. A lot of you know this story already, but I have a very colorful relationship with alcohol. I was married in a vineyard in Northern California. I lived deep in the wine culture. I was definitely the drinking ringleader amongst my friends. And I thought people who didn't drink were boring. <laughs> like really, like I, I cultivated my friendship list based on this very ingrained belief system that people who didn't drink were boring and I didn't want to be a boring person. Okay. Um, so this is just a little bit about me. I did this for over 20 years. It started, you know, before college got real exciting in college with partying on the weekends and things. And then after that, it became more sophisticated with getting into wine club memberships and, you know, getting into food and wine and craft cocktails and things like that. My husband, and I got married in the winery. I have three kids. I had them very close together. And so that really kind of compounded some of the drinking that I had because I, I was a new mom. I was now having to manage not only work, but this three kids and my marriage and all the different things. I just felt like a lot of anxiety and overwhelm a lot of the time. And I would use alcohol to help numb that. And along with everything like celebration times, party times, any, any event, if it was sunny outside, I'd be like, Ooh, let's go have a glass of rosé and sit outside and enjoy the sunshine. I mean, it was, it, it, it didn't start that way, but it became that way over time. It was good times. And in bad, I would turn to alcohol to amplify those good experiences and to, um, sort of like down-regulate, down-regulate my negative sort of emotional experiences. Oops to figure out. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> so this is just me now. This was actually, actually almost five years ago. Um, I was on the dance floor with my friends. It's my husband right in the back 
kind of looking away, not that other guy in the very background, but right behind me. <laughs> um, that's me drinking club soda in a club in Chicago, celebrating my 40th birthday with all of my friends. And this did not happen overnight, but it did happen with some of the ways that I'm going to teach you today in changing your relationship with alcohol. So I want you to keep an open mind. Okay. Believe that this is possible for you. If I can do it, you can too. So I just want to give you a real quick um, summary about why we overdrink. Okay, this doesn't just happen, right? It started because typically people who overdrink, we're seeking to feel something that we currently don't feel in the moment that we choose to drink. Okay, so if that's for you at the end of the day and you want to feel relaxed at the end of the day, it's because we're not feeling relaxed. We're feeling stressed, overwhelmed, tired, bored, something like that. And we use that alcohol to get to this desired sort of feeling state, which is sort of unconscious, but it sounds like, oh, I just want to relax. Oh, I just need to have this glass of wine while I cook dinner and transition. Um, it was a long day at work. I've been so good. I deserve this. It sounds like that in our mind, um, but that's what that's why we overdrink because we're using it when we feel something that we don't want to feel or we want to amplify current feelings that we have. And we unconsciously believe that that glass of wine or that drink or that beer or whatever is going to be the answer to feel differently than we currently do. That's like we want that buzz, right? We want to feel differently. We want to get out of our minds um, because there's something happening that we don't like internally. Okay. And so when we do that, when we decide to drink from that place, we need a lot of alcohol to get to that desired emotional place that we're after. And that happens because our emotions, what we're feeling internally and what happens up in our mind, that isn't solved by an external thing that we ingest, right? Our thoughts and our feelings are created internally. And so when we use something externally like alcohol, or it could be food, it could be shopping, it could be smoking, drugs, all that sort of things that we ingest and put into our bodies. Um, when we do that, we need a lot more of that thing to get to the desired effect to actually numb what we're experiencing. So it's hard for us to cut back because we don't know how to handle the desire that we've built up over time around alcohol. It's just like, I just want it. It feels hard. Um, and then we give in and we create more training in our brain that that's a solution for us when we feel bad. Um, there's so many stigmas and labels around not drinking, right? So we don't want to tell our family and friends. Remember, I opened up with that. We're so scared about what other people are going to think. Not only that, who will we be and like our identity will change, but we don't want people to think that we have a problem. That there's something wrong with us. And we don't want that label that's generally attached to people when they talk about drinking too much or struggling with over drinking, right? We don't want to be called an alcoholic. We don't want people monitoring how much we're drinking, right? Like, so that holds us back from getting the support that we need and talking about this. And so we don't make a lot of changes. Okay. The other part of the, the why it's so hard to cut back is because we don't solve the internal things. And that's exactly what I help people do is I solve the emotional part of it and help you think differently about your life so you feel better. But the people that don't do that internal work go back to their old patterns and behaviors because our behaviors and the actions that we take is driven by how we feel, right? So the act of drinking, the act of avoiding doing personal work, whatever that is, is driven by an internal feeling. Our feelings drive us into action. Okay. And if we don't address that, that internal stuff, we find ourselves back into our own patterns over and over again. So that I mentioned this already, but what I teach is I teach you kind of how to identify 
by which repetitive thoughts are holding you back from changing your relationship with alcohol and to come up with new thinking and new ways of thinking and about yourself, about your identity, uh, core principles like getting over what other people might be thinking about you and living who you are and who you want to be. Um, I teach you how to process your emotions and how to interrupt that automatic cycle of feeling something and then going to need to find a drink. And when you change those things from an internal way, it shows up externally by you drinking less and it becomes an easy thing for you to do. This is just a little rainbow. I've always liked rainbow and lots of color, um, but this was me at a, at a wedding in the morning wearing sunglasses because I overdrank the night before. Definitely still rocking it and things, but like this was a very painful um, moment. I was really upset with myself because I drank so much the night before. I was really tired and really hungover and I was drinking a mimosa to kind of like take the hair off the dog. And this is me just more vibrant, more, more open, more alive, more. Um, I mean, my life is completely different now than it was before. First of all, I have my own business. Um, I haven't drank in almost five years. I have way more relationships, way more fun in my life. I mean, <laughs> right? Like I know how to have a good time. I know how to take not take myself so seriously. Um, I do a lot more interesting adventure type things. I'm really into hiking and traveling. And I see sunrises in the morning wherever I go. It's a much more colorful, vibrant, alive life that I remember everything of. So again, just if I can do this stuff, you can too. So I'm going to talk to you be before we get into the q and I'm going to go over my six-month coaching program with you, and I want you to consider joining this program because at the end of this month, I'm closing it off for new members, and the next six months is going to be an all-in support on helping you change your relationship with alcohol, and I really want you to consider joining it because it's an amazing program. I've coached hundreds of women through this program, and on average, they reduce their drinking by 50 to 80% by the end of the six months for people who complete the program. And so I want to give yourself an opportunity here right now to believe that you can do that too and tell you the details of the program and then get into the Q&A and then I'll answer your questions throughout and get into the meat of it. But take notes right now. Um, again, this is going to be um, recorded and sent out tomorrow so you can watch the replay and get more of the details. Um, but if you haven't heard me share the details of it, or you want to hear it again, this is the, I'm going to take five, 10 minutes to go through that with you now. So just to kind of preface it, any free class that I do, the podcasts, pro paid programs, these are kind of, you know, you know, that this is for you and I might be a good coach for you. If you tell yourself that you will only have one or two drinks, but you typically drink more than you want to, you feel frustrated with yourself. When you wake up in the morning, you struggle with honoring your commitments You've tried to cut back in the past, but have failed to make it a permanent solution. So, you know, you've been work, maybe you've been working on this for a while and you just aren't really where you want to be. You often go to as your you often drink as your go-to for relaxation, pleasure, to wind down, or to do the things that you don't actually want to be doing, like going to a family holiday event and you're like, don't like anybody there, right? And so we need to drink to get through it. Um, that kind of stuff, right? And you might feel stuck and overwhelmed and not sure you can do it. So this is the program. It's called Stop Over Drinking and Start Living. It's a six-month female-only coaching program. It's small group, and there's live coaching available to you two to three times a week on Zoom. It's application only, so for women who are really committed with changing their relationship and willing to invest and commit to the time and work that it takes to do that. And it's accessible anywhere, no matter what time zone you're on or if you live in a different country, everything is recorded into this database. So this is just a picture here of the program. So there's live calls every week, and then there's a self-guided 
um, program that I've created with a process that takes you through where you are now, no matter where you are with your relationship with alcohol, if you're just over drinking on the weekends, or if you're just in the sort of early stages of it, and like you're still drinking on a regular basis, you know, like maybe every day, or, you know, more days of the week than not, this program will take you where you want to go with your relationship with alcohol. And the one thing that I want to really make clear is that you get to decide what that looks like. This is not a moderation program, and this is not a quit drinking program. This is for you to tap into you and your knowing about what's best for you. And I teach you how to do that, how to learn how to trust yourself, how to make your own decisions. And we do that through the six-month program. But this is just, you know, every month we have a different theme in the self-guided portion of it where there's videos, a workbook every month that you take a little bit deeper dive into that. And it's collated in a way for you to go where you are right now and to, at the end of it, have a 50 to 80% reduction in how much you're drinking. So I, I think I just explained this monthly workbooks and videos, access to previously live recorded classes. I've done classes on relationships, weight loss, feelings workshops. Um, we had a sleep expert come in and talk about sleep and middle age and, and while cutting back, because that is a very common thing with people. Um, and you get access to a private Facebook group where uh, people inside the program can connect and ask questions and get online support. Each week, the program offers two to three times live, similar to this, to get coaching on Zoom. And then we have a monthly Q&A call on food and overeating. A lot of times people start to replace, you know, not their drinking less, but there might be snacking in the evening. So we have a dedicated call for that once a month. Um, all of them are recorded and uploaded into a members-only website where you can watch them within 24 hours if you can't make it live. You also can submit coaching worksheets. I have coaching worksheets where you write in like what you want support with a specific topic and you can email that to me and I can address it on our call if you can't make it live. So I wouldn't worry so much about like your work schedule or what time zone you're in because you can get support in different ways. You can come to the live calls. We have them at varying times throughout the day in the morning to the evening. I actually do a lot of calls on the weekends as well to accommodate everybody's schedules and then if you can't make one of those that week, you can email in your coaching request and I can, you know, address it for you live, similar to what we're doing here. Like you guys wrote in questions that you wanted me to ask, and I'm now answering those questions, but this is a much shorter time frame than that. And then you can watch the replay on that. So there's a way to engage with it that works with your schedule. You can get as much coaching as you want. It's a small enough group that if you want coaching every week, it's not a problem for you to get direct coaching by me inside the program. Um yeah, I think that's about covers as far as the, I say to be successful inside the program, try to make it to one call a week. We have two to three just to accommodate different schedules and whatnot, but to be successful, like the commitment, the time commitment would be to, to do one call a week, but you're welcome to come as much as you want. Just checking over here, the Q and A. Okay. This is just a sample calendar that kind of shows you, you know, the different times that we have. Um, we do office hours on Sundays, which is, you know, where you can come and get support on anything in the program, anything that you need help with. Um, that's just a sample calendar. So the cost of the program is $5,500. That's six months of daily support, 10 live calls per month, unlimited written coaching support, monthly workbooks and videos, bonus courses and workshops, and that support and connection with other members. So this is a link, maybe Amanda, if you can put that in the chat, the application is on this angelamasenic.com forward slash join SODSL. There's three videos that kind of just took you through what I just went through. So if you want to apply, 
you don't need necessarily need to watch those videos unless you want to. Um, but it goes into more of like the problem with overdrinking, the solution, how I help. And that's really doing that internal work, right. And taking you through the process and then the details of the program that I just went over. But if you know that you want to join, just go ahead here and then you can click that apply here link. And that's a simple online application. You can, it'll come directly to me. And right now for the next week or so, I'm offering free um, calls. If you know that you're ready to join, you just want to talk to me directly about it. Um, I'm happy to extend a private call with you over the phone and we can talk through that if you want to, but that's only available for like the next week or so. So make sure you do that. Again, this program is closing at the end of 2022 and I won't be opening it again in the near future. And I'm going to go all in for the people that join for the next six months. And it's going to be amazing. We have a lot of fun things planned. We have January is our healthy habits challenge where I'm going to help you create the new habits that you desire with daily support in our Facebook group. Um, it's going to be a really, really fun, engaging time, and you get as much support as you want. So I really want you to consider that. Again, the average reduction is about 50 to 80% on how much you're drinking, and some people end up quitting. So if that's um, encouraging for you, I want you to check it out. There's testimonials, I'll, and I'll be sharing some of that here today as well. So I'm going to move now into the Q&A portion of this. You can ask me questions about the program, and I think some of that will probably be answered as we go along as well. Thank you, Amanda. Okay. Oh, additional bonuses. So if you show, if you join now, um, we have a live kickoff um, to join the program next week, um, which will be recorded if you can't make it. But right now what I'm doing is if you join now, your official date will be January 1st. So you don't have to like get going in the program right now if you don't want to, but you can, you will have access as soon as you sign up and join, but your official six months would start on January 1st and that will get you through the end of June. Okay. But we just like for the holidays and stuff, we know that a lot of people have different things going on and like, this is a Titan commitment. So if you join now, you'll have access to the program. You can come to the um, orientation call next week if you want to, or you can just wait until January 1st. All right. So again, this is not a recovery program. I can't remember if I mentioned it. If you need um, alcohol to function and get through the day, this is not the program for you. I'm a certified life coach. I do not have a medical credential. I help you do that internal work to help solve it and change your behaviors and patterns. But if you feel like you need medical supervision while cutting back, this isn't the program for you. All right. So this is something that somebody wrote in. She said, in my six, I'm in my sixth month of the program and successfully moderating. For the past six years, my husband and I have one to two bottles of wine a night. I started to examine my drinking on many levels. One was a retirement budget. I literally had a line item for wine. I thought I would never be able to retire as I wouldn't be able to afford wine. I was tired, overweight, out of shape, and stressed like the rest of the world. I joined the program the week of Thanksgiving, made a drink plan for that day, and have had all the holidays since without alcohol, Christmas, New Year's, birthdays. Each week, my desire to drink is overshadowed by, by my desire to not drink. I'm not overthinking it. The chatter is quieter, and the desire lives in the background. I'm where I want to be in my relationship with alcohol, which is occasionally having it. Alcohol-free weekends are my new favorite things. Even when I drank moderately, it was always on the weekends as my treat. When I removed that treat language to wine, my weekends opened up. When I have an overdrink, I evaluate it and move on. My monkey mind is no longer in control. My true self is. And so this is what is available to you. Like, imagine that. Like, she was so detailed in what she was sharing, right? Like, she had a line item for spending wine on spending um, money on alcohol. 
And she was so like hell bent on keeping that, that I get helped. It prevented her from like thinking about retirement. I know that y'all can relate to that, right? I hear this all the time. People share how much money they're spending on alcohol a month. Somebody posted in our Facebook recently, they were spending like three, $400 of wine just at the wine store. Um, I can't remember, Total Wine, like screenshotted their Total Wine membership. And only that was only there. It wasn't including what they're spending out, going out to dinner at Costco, at the regular grocery store, none of that. So if the price of the program is like, ah, right, like just do the math on what you're spending on alcohol. And that is about what my clients spend in a six month to a year time period. And it will for sure pay itself back with this investment into permanently ending your over drinking struggle. All right. So I want to get into the Q&A now. So this was one of the first questions that I got. How do you handle holiday stress without alcohol? <laughs> and my initial answer is you need to reduce your holiday stress. Okay. A lot of times it's like, we just assume that holidays have to be stressful. Yes. Like that is an assumption that we make sometimes about the holidays. And I want to offer you a different way to look at it. So to think about having a less stressful holiday so that you aren't tempted to numb out and escape with drinking. Who's in for that? <laughs> right? Like what, when I say that, like, let's learn how to make your holidays less stressful so that you don't feel the need to drink so much. What, what comes up for you? Is that like, that would be too hard. I have too many commitments. I don't even know how to do that. Like, tell me what comes up for you when I say that. So when I think about holiday stress, a lot of times we're feeling stressful because of all the things, all of the commitments that we have. Or we try to make our holidays seem perfect, right? We want to have all of the right number of presents for all of our kids. We have to, we want to buy presents for all the, you know, external family members. We want to decorate and have it look perfect. We want that picture perfect holiday. There's Christmas cards that we're considering um, putting out or, you know, matching holiday outfits or ordering all these matching holiday pajamas and doing our Christmas cards and like having this Instagram worthy type holiday experience, right? There's a lot of work that goes into that. You know, who's ever done a holiday photo or any sort of coordinated outfit photo, like that's not real, right? Like that takes a lot of energy to go behind that picture and like to make that look good, right? And from what I've heard from most people in my own experience is usually that's not very enjoyable, right? It's like the, the investment in money that you have to do, thinking ahead of all the details associated with it, and then forcing everybody to come in and smile at the same time <laughs> and pose in a certain way. And like not, you know, everyone's got body image issues, like all the shit, right? It's like, what if we didn't do that? What if we allowed ourselves to drop some of these things that don't actually make our holiday better? Like what comes up when we, when I ask you that question? Ooh, Anne, good job. I did reduce my gift list and I'm not doing cards this year. Boom. Right? Like that gives us more time and space to relax and actually do the things that we want to do. Like maybe that's connecting with your family. Maybe that's having more downtime, right? Jennifer, my daughter's going through a serious health and I'm her main source of support. It's so hard and I don't know how to do this. Holidays are particularly stressful. Yeah. So like maybe, you know, you, you don't say you don't know how to do it. You're her mother. Right. And so like, as her mother, you know, probably what she needs a lot of the time. And what if that's not having big holiday celebrations, right. Or allowing yourselves to 
you know, take a step back and support her, right? There's a lot of different ways you could look at that. Um, there's no right or wrong way to do anything, right? We have these ideas about how we support people or how we should do the holidays. And y'all, what's most important is what you feel inclined to do. That's always the right way. Like asking yourself, taking the time to ask yourself, is this what I want? What do I think would be the most helpful? And then listening to that, right? We don't ask ourselves these questions. We just start saying yes to what all these other, our society, our family members, our traditions, all these things that have been kind of put upon us is like the right thing to do. But I promise you, just like I opened up with, when you learn to ask yourself what you want and what you think is right, that's when you have more freedom. That's when you have more time. That's when you can drop go, let go, let go of that resentment that you're carrying around. Mm, Jill, I'm learning that holidays are less stressful without alcohol. Yes, <laughs> that was my experience over Thanksgiving. I had energy. I felt great hosting because I didn't drink. Right, like it's it it's when you are stressed already or have like an underlying anxiety and then you drink, it just makes that a lot worse, right? And a lot of times alcohol it amplifies what's happening in our head, right? So if we're somebody that overthinks things or ruminates or worries a lot about what other people are thinking or doing, when we drink, it amplifies that. It's like it turns the volume up on all of that sort of negative stressful thinking just because that's the, it's just, it's like a toxin. And then our body goes through getting that, rid of the alcohol in our body and it just triggers us to think that way. And so that's a really good point. Like just, not drinking or, you know, working on drinking less. And then you'll find that it feels less, a little bit less stressful because your mind isn't so agitated with all the different stressors going on. Ooh, Diane, drinking increases holiday stress. Exactly. Cause it kills my energy. And then all the things need to get done are delayed. Ooh, for me, nix the cards this year and make some cookies. Love it. Okay. So another thing, like, so that's like, we're kind of changing our circumstances around the holidays to feel less stress. We might drink less. We might cancel making the holiday cards. What else could you guys let go of to have a more relaxing holiday? That's kind of changing some circumstances for you, right? The other part of that, that's an option. The other part of this is look at what you're thinking about the holidays, right? So like when you're feeling stressed, it's usually because your mind is racing. There's like a long list in your mind about what you have to do right? And so to reduce stress in any type of situation, it's really important just to look at the thing that's right in front of you. Like, what do I need to do today? And let me just focus on that so that I don't think about what, what needs to be done next week, right? I know what needs to be done next week. I don't need to keep rethinking that. So what do I need to do today? What are three things I can get done today? And that'll calm your mind down and then you'll feel less stressful. Your thoughts create your feelings. So stressful, that uptight stress, right, could be anxiety, right? That is created in your mind. And there's different ways we can handle that. Cancel some of the shit that you don't want to do, right? That'll help you free up your time and space and energy. And then when you find yourself feeling stressed or overwhelmed, just ask yourself, what am I thinking right now? Am, am I replaying that long list of things that I have to do? If so, okay, an, an exercise, a tool is what can I do just today that needs to get done? And then I'll worry about the rest tomorrow, or I'll make another list of three things to do tomorrow. That can kind of tone down the temperature. The next thing that you can do is acknowledge that you're feeling stressed. Okay. So it's just like, I am feeling stressed right now. You tell you tell that to yourself, right? 
Okay, I'm feeling stressed. Where do I feel this in my body? Okay, my heart is racing. I feel like my throat is clamped up. My shoulders are up to my ears. I might be twitching. I might get an eye twitch. When I get stressed, my eye twitches, right? I'm like, okay, you just acknowledge that you are feeling stressed and you just take a moment to breathe through it. And you process that emotion. You process that feeling. Acknowledging how you feel is a way that you can connect to yourself and and validate how you're feeling and just take a moment to pause and process and breathe, okay? So with that, there's three things. Say no, start saying no, okay? Let go of some of the things you're trying to make this holiday picture perfect thing, right? Manage your mind, notice what you're thinking, and then stop and process how you're feeling. So you can do a combination of those things. You can do all of them. You could do one or none. But the most important thing is really, I think, just to acknowledge that you're feeling stressed and to give yourself a moment to validate that and breathe. Instead of carrying that feeling with you and that energy with you all day long, not take care of yourself, not drink your water, not take timeouts, not take little breaks, right? And then at the end of the day, that's been held with us all day. And then we're definitely going to be needing a like a something to relieve us from that, right? It's like holding that beach ball underwater. And so we're, we're stressed out all day long. And then our brain is going to go, oh, I just need a glass of wine, right? And then we go drink and then we numb what's actually still here. It doesn't really address it. It's a temporary band-aid in that moment for like an hour. But then the next day, then your mind gets lit up. You're pissed off that you drank again and your list is still long. So it doesn't really help. Does that help? Mm, Michelle, this body connection is so magic. So helpful. I love how simple the list of options feels. Just three things. Yes. Good. Okay. Yeah, it's not, I'm not giving you more to do, (laughs) right? I'm not giving you like, you know, a huge assignment here, but if you have stress around the holidays, these are three things that you can do that are pretty easy, right? Okay, so once you identify, this was another question we got. Once you identify your feelings, how do you change your thoughts around the feelings? And if you're, if you answer, ask this question and you're here, I would like to get a little bit more information from you. Or if you've had this question before, maybe you can elaborate on it. But is it that you're judging your feelings when you have them? Like, say you notice you're feeling anxious, right? And the question is, how do you change your thoughts around the feelings? Is it that you're that you're having thoughts about your feeling like, oh, I hate feeling anxiety or I wish I didn't feel this way? If that's if I'm on the right track, just put that in the in the comments. I want because that's the way it sounds like to me in this question. I just want to make sure I answer that right for you. Hi, Dina. Okay, I'm going to assume that that's I'm on the right track with this question. So this is good. So once you identify, so I talked about that, right? Naming your feeling, giving yourself a moment, process that feeling, right? So that's what I would recommend here. So once you identify your feeling, whatever you're feeling in the moment, right? During your holiday preparations, during a holiday event, whatever it is, you process your feelings, you don't go to changing your thoughts around the feelings next. So you identify your, you, okay, I can recognize I'm feeling, fill in the blank. And then you go in, you connect with yourself and you breathe and use your breath to allow space around where you're feeling that emotion. 
Okay. So everybody always feels things all the time. You wouldn't be alive if you didn't. So even right now you can practice that. So I could ask you, how are you all feeling right now? Name your emotion that you're having right now. Could it be excitement? Are you stressed out about this information? Is it too much? <laughs> what are you feeling right now? You can even just type that in the chat and I'll help you understand what I'm talking about here. Okay. Mm, frustrated. Okay. So Anne, in, in your body, where do you feel frustrated? So we're, we're doing this together. She's identified how she feels. She says she feels frustrated. Okay. So where do you notice a vibration in your body? So for me, frustration feels, I might feel a little hot in my throat or my face. I might feel tight. So that's how I would describe it. You feel it in your face. Great. So, so this is the exercise. I've identified that I'm feeling frustrated. Okay. Let me feel where I'm feeling this. Okay. I feel this in my face. Take a deep breath and just kind of focus your attention on your face and using your breath to kind of wash it through and kind of process it around where you're feeling it in your body. And you stay in your body in this time. You're not in your mind thinking about the problem. You're not thinking about what's frustrating you. You're just telling your mind to go focus on the vibration wherever you feel it in your body and using your breath to kind of process that. Okay. Once you do that and you feel like the temperature has come down, <laughs> then we can go look at what you're thinking about your feelings. So if you're judging yourself on how you feel, we can look at that. We just simply ask ourselves, what am I thinking about feeling this way? So you can get aware of if you're having judgment, like a lot of people, it's very kind of like, I don't want to feel this. I can't handle this. This sucks. I don't want to feel this way. I want to be over this, right? We have those kind of thoughts. And so when we have those kind of judgments or wishing things, um, wishing we didn't feel this way, it's like we're rejecting ourselves. We're, we're denying that we should be feeling this way because our feelings are 100% valid all the time because you're having them, because it's actually happening, <laughs> right? So the best thing you can do is be like, okay, well, I am feeling this way. And so can I just breathe through this for a few minutes and accept that? Can I try that, right? Instead of thinking you shouldn't feel this way, because then that adds another layer of frustration or a negative emotion, right? So when you think, I wish I didn't feel this, that how does that feel when you think that? I wish I didn't feel this. It's like resistant, right? or frustrated, or angry, or pissed off, right? That just adds another layer of negative emotion, <laughs> right? I call that the shit sandwich, the emotional shit sandwich, right? So like you already had a baseline of a negative emotion, and now you're having a thought about not wanting it, that creates another negative emotion, right? So that becomes very hard, and then that's when we escape. So the goal is to accept how you feel no matter what situation you're in, no matter what's happening. I'm having an emotional response. I am a human and that's okay. Let me breathe and process. Okay. It feels urgent to fix it. Yeah, because our brain, just to give you a little bit of human behavior 101, our brain is programmed to seek pleasure and avoid pain. So when you're in emotional pain, your brain is literally programmed for you to get out of it. It's like, okay, we need to go fix this urgently. That's that's our primitive survival system happening. 
right? But the good news is that we can override that by being aware and doing these exercises that I'm taking. We need to engage our higher part of our brain. That that primitive part is coming from our lower primal part that has helped us evolve over time, right? And stay safe and alive as a species. But now we have a higher part of our brain that we can direct that more um, efficiently. So you just want to recognize, yeah, it feels urgent to get out of this. And it, and the way out actually is to allow. So if that's, if that's what I want is allowing it, allow it space to be processed through your body. And then it will, it won't be long before you're, you're feeling the temperature come down on that. Yes, Kim, I do that all the time. I only wish I didn't feel this, but I shouldn't feel this. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like we're gaslighting ourselves, right? It's like, we're not acknowledging how we are feeling and we are telling ourselves it's, it's, it's like telling a little kid, why are you upset? You shouldn't be upset. That's so unvalidating for them. Like the kid is upset. Clearly they should be upset because they are right. And we learn that as children from our own society and our parents and all that. And now here we are as adults with these emotions that we feel like we shouldn't have, but we do. And so then we go look to for the easy button with drinking or eating or escaping in some way, right? But every emotion that anybody has is always valid because that's what's happening. It's just, it is happening. So it's like, let's just learn how we can accept that and breathe through that. We don't need to act from it. We don't need to try to get rid of it. But if we can learn how to be with it and allow and process and say, I, I, I want to be with this. Let me breathe with this. It, you're stop judging and it takes the temperature down right away. Oh, you tell yourself to grow up. Yeah, that is, this is another tip. I just recently kind of came up for myself. That is somebody else that somebody else's voice is telling me to grow up. That's really not me. You know, like I don't want to talk to myself like that. I have adapted somebody else's beliefs about my emotions and it's showing up in my voice now, right? So like our parents, our culture, our society, we all are programmed like to think that we don't get programming is crazy. We're humans. We're very influenced. <laughs> you know, our society influences us. We're taught how to be as children and we adapt those beliefs as we go through our lives. Right. And then it comes to this point where we start seeing these behaviors that we don't want, like drinking. And we got to kind of reconcile that. Right. Like, OK, is this something that I want to keep like telling myself to grow up? Probably doesn't feel super loving and nice, right? Like, so maybe we could drop that one. Maybe we're like, when I hear myself saying that, that's something that, you know, I've adapted, <laughs> but I don't want that anymore. So I'm going to be gentle with myself and allow myself to have this emotional experience because I'm a human with emotions. So this is something else that somebody wrote. She said, with Angela's help, I learned to journal, to honor my commitments to myself, to replace my thoughts with intentional ones and to feel allowing my feelings. It really has been a life altering experience. I only wish I had made this discovery when I was younger, but nonetheless, I have made changes and continue to grow daily. My business is running better than before. Why? Because I'm a better, stronger, and more aware version of me. I recommend Angela's coaching regardless of the area of growth you want to achieve. She will help you get there. She is fully vested to help her clients live their best life. I couldn't be happy with my life, my time with Angela and the results I achieved. Life is a journey and I like the one I'm on now. So this was somebody that I just love, who was, you know, late 60s, early 60s, I think when she came to me, had been drinking daily for 30 years and ran her own business. 
And through our time together, she ended up stopping drinking. And she's like, I think four years sober now. Um, Her business has catapulted. She's traveling. She's spending amazing time with her family. So I just want you to know that it doesn't matter how long you've been struggling, that you can change a lot of things in a short amount of time. Six months might sound like a long time, but it's really not. You know, if you look at how long you've been struggling, investing in yourself with a container and time with intention for six months, a lot can happen. I changed my entire relationship with alcohol in six months, 20 plus years of over drinking, right? So like when you, when you come in and you have these materials and you have the support that you need, you can make really fast progress. Ooh, this is a really good question. (laughs) I get this one a lot. I actually have a podcast episode on this. If you want to take this after this call, Um, Amanda, maybe you could drop in the link to that podcast episode. If you're inside my coaching program, I actually have a full class on this as well. It's like a 90 minute workshop that goes into a lot of detail on this exact question. So a lot of my clients want to you know, I, I tell people to make a drink plan for the week. So you decide ahead of time when you're not in an emotional response, you're not at the end of the day making decisions, but like on a Sunday or Monday morning, you think ahead, you make a drink plan. So you decide how much you're going to drink and of what for the week. Okay. And then decide which days you're not drinking too. And a lot of the, the big work is stopping after you've had your planned drink. So say you have two drinks planned for a Thursday night. Okay stopping after that too is a is work that needs to be done because we have been programming our stuff and alcohol is addictive and after you've had so much alcohol in your brain your decision making abilities go down all of that comes into play right and so it can be difficult for people to do that so my recommendation here the short and dirty of this question is first go listen to that podcast and if you're in my coaching program go watch that bonus classes under bonus resources on the website but for those of you that haven't heard that yet um, you want to not be distracted. That's the first part of it. So try to work on stopping with your planned amount when you're not out with people, right? So like, if that's a source of a contention, you keep going over your planned amount, maybe in your next social situation, you don't drink, right? And just go experience, try doing that. And then be very intentional when you do have planned drinks. So it could be at night, you know, after you're done eating, it's definitely not while you're cooking dinner. It's definitely not when you're watching TV. You want to be very focused on just sitting down and drinking your glass of wine. And you and you take note of your desire levels for it. You, you check in with yourself emotionally. You notice what it tastes like, what the experience is like, and you're very aware and conscious of, of your drinking, okay? And I recommend having a notebook out and you're kind of like just taking notes on your experience with it. Okay. And you're getting, it's just about awareness about what's happening in your brain while you're drinking and what it tastes like and what it feels like and what it smells like, like all the kind of details of it. So you can fully see that. And then say you're now finished with your second glass of wine and you can get aware of what your brain starts to say to you. Like, Oh, just one more drink won't hurt. Um, You've been so good. I really want more. I got to finish the bottle you know, what we think, right? So you just want to be aware of what comes up and you're like, oh, okay, I can see now, like, that's interesting that my brain is trying to go get me to have more, right? And the more awareness we have around that, the next time you have your drink, your planned drinks, you can be on the lookout for those types of thoughts, right? And you're, and you have a plan, right? So like, 
like maybe when your brain says, oh, you know what? One more drink won't hurt. I just I really enjoy that bottle of wine. I don't want to waste it. You'd be like, you know what? I'm going to work on letting myself be uncomfortable with stopping here and working through those feelings. And I can have more if I want to plan more another day. It's not an emergency, right? And you work on kind of having something to say back in a gentle way to those thoughts that come through to work on honoring your commitments. It is going to take a level of being willing to be uncomfortable because you're going to have some urges during that time and practicing how you feel and like working through those urges and allowing and processing leading up to this is going to be really helpful for you. So, you know, you won't die and it's really not that big of a deal. Like you're having that, you know, an emotional response and urge, which just feels like desire. Like I want that and it's okay. And just know that that's, that's a normal response. Your brain is going to want more alcohol because you've given it more alcohol in the past and your brain, your body is going to desire it because it's had it in the past and you're, it's going to, it's motivating you to go do that because that's what's happened in the past. Your brain likes to take the easiest path <laughs> to its goal and it will motivate you to do the same things over and over again because it doesn't like change because that feels uncomfortable. But knowing that it's like, okay, I can handle this. It's going to, I'm going to have some chatter. I'm going to have some vibrations. I'm going to have some urges and let me just sit and see what this is like and be willing to feel that. Okay. So those are my tips. No distractions sit and be present with it, grab a notebook and notice what comes up and have a sort of counter thought or a counter objection to when your brain offers you those suggestions to go have more. Thank you, Amanda. How to change your thoughts about someone else or what they are doing. If what they are doing is annoying you, it's okay to be annoyed, but how do you change your thoughts about them without bullshitting yourself? That's that's the one of the next questions. Um, Allison, this has been an issue. Not having the drink intentionally, it's been less conscious and sometimes as a response to something, a trigger or a way of coping. This is helpful. Yeah. So when you have your planned drink, like what I teach my clients or in any of my programs, it's okay to plan your drinks, right? You can have, you can put three drinks on your plan if you want, whatever you want to do. But when it comes time to having those drinks, this will help you stick to your planned amount. When it comes time to having those drinks, you want to check in with yourself and just say, how am I feeling right now? Am I using these planned drinks to numb or escape or avoid? <laughs> and be honest with yourself. Like if you've had a really bad day or you're stressed out about something and maybe you're really busy around the holidays or whatever, and you know that you're going to use your planned drinks to kind of shut it off and reward yourself, you want to process through that before you have your planned drinks. And if you can't get to a more neutral state, you want to be like, you know what, I'm, I don't want to emotionally drink. And so I'm going to put this off for another day. Because you can still use your planned drinks as a way to deal with your emotions if you're not checking in like that. And if you do that, then that's that's why it's going to be hard for you to stop because you're still using that something outside of yourself to make yourself feel better. So thank you for saying that, Allison. Okay. I experienced the uplift of going out on a no planned drink day, really wanting wine, feeling the urge and letting it pass without acting on it. I literally feel stronger having gone through that and sticking with my plan. And I'm actually eager to put myself in more social situations so I can keep practicing this and getting stronger. So this is what somebody inside the program wrote. And I will tell you, like, it is very rewarding for yourself to do this. Like you feel like a super powerful badass right? When you go out to a social situation and you honor yourself and you work through that, you're like, 
damn, like I am doing this, right? Like it feels really, really good. And that motivates you to keep going. So this is very similar to what I did when I was changing my relationship with alcohol is I looked for social situations to go and practice it. And I'm like, I'm going to go through here and I'm going to be uncomfortable and I'm going to process these urges. And the, and I knew like the more often I did that, my desire would go down and then I naturally wouldn't want to drink as much. And that's exactly what happens. When you don't answer that call on the other side, your brain doesn't keep motivating you with urges and shit to, to do it because there's no reward. It'll go motivate you to go do something else. I actually answered this question already, so I'm going to skip it, but it says, how do you change your story around alcohol? This was my podcast last week. It's called Your Alcohol Identity. And Amanda, maybe you can drop that link in here, but just go to my, you can find my podcast if you guys don't know anywhere, but um, AngelaMasenic.com. There's a menu at the top that says podcast. Uh, it's in order of the latest episode will be at the top. So this is called Your Alcohol Identity. Um, it's also on iTunes, Spotify, Google, YouTube, anywhere where you find podcasts, you just search for stop over drinking and start living. But I recommend you guys change that. It's there's, I take you through some exercises on that and um, it's worth the extra 15 to 20 minutes because like I mentioned earlier, that this is one of the things that holds us back is thinking who will we be without this alcohol, right? And so, or by drinking less. So I, I just want to make sure you guys get the, the resource there with the podcast. Thank you. Okay. This is something else that they wrote. Today was tough. I just opened a bottle of wine to pour an unplanned glass because I thought it doesn't matter. I deserve this. And then I stopped myself, paused and thought, nope, I deserve to honor my commitments. I recorked, poured water and walked away. I don't think I've ever uncorked a bottle of wine and not poured a consume or consumed a glass. Excited about this. So this is part of like that shift and changing, right? So it's like you had an urge. We, we recognize what we're doing and having that power to stop. There's always a choice there. You are always in charge of what you are doing. And when you can acknowledge that for yourself, then you have power to change it. But if you don't acknowledge that you actually have power here, it's you, you, you just let things happen, right? You're like the wine just poured itself in my glass. I, all of a sudden here I was, right? That's not true. You, there's, you need to start becoming aware of your mind and the decisions that you are making along the way in order to get to this place. And that's where coaching can help doing some of these awareness exercises in the workbooks that I have inside my program, um, doing our evaluations. I have evaluation worksheets where if you do have an overdrink, you go back and you get conscious and clear about every step of that so you can learn from it and be aware of it and make different choices next time. Okay, so this is the one <laughs> about kind of in the same line where you're talking about you when you get annoyed with other people. So how do you change negative thoughts while being true to yourself and your feelings? So the first thing is acknowledging how you feel, letting yourself process and breathe through that, right? Um, and then the, it's what's important here is that you don't sort of like, I guess not like, I don't know, Pollyanna your way to believing positive thoughts and having different feelings, right? Like you want to make sure that what you are, what you're changing your, your thoughts to be actually feel good for you. And I call this like, it's like trying on clothes. So get a piece of paper out and you're like, okay, I recognize that I feel annoyed. Let's just use that one as an example. And so what am I thinking right now? That's making me feel that way, right? She's ridiculous, whatever. Like you could, guys could even give me, um, Let's see, RJ, 
Jay, what's the thought that's making you feel annoyed? We can workshop this. Ooh, Allison, power is your word for 2023. Love it. So RJ, if you can share your thought on like what you what you find. Okay, my husband over drinking or being hard on the kids. Yeah, so this is tricky and this was probably more helpful in a live direct coaching call because I don't want to make assumptions here. But do you want to feel better about your husband over drinking? Do you want to feel better or have better thoughts about your husband yelling at your kids or whatever? Answer that. Because sometimes those things, we don't want to change our thoughts or our feelings on. Our feelings are actually are delivering us important information. And maybe we want to feel that way because we don't like what's happening, right? We don't want to change our mind about things that we aren't okay with really right so our emotions are ways for us to like get attention get our attention right so like that annoyance that you're feeling is trying to tell you something right it's trying to say hello like we don't like that like that's not okay now i'm not talking about every situation I'm, specifically this one with the husband and the kids right now, you know, if your teenage kid is doing something that's annoying you and you know that they're not going to change, it's probably not that harmful. It's just really like graining on you. Then we could look at changing our thoughts. So it's definitely not universal what I'm saying here. All right. It's very specific. So if your husband is over drinking. You don't like that. What can like maybe you need to have a conversation with him. Right. Like maybe you need to change your situation not so much change your thoughts about it. Right. Like I would need to have a little bit more information on that one. Um, so being true to yourself and your feelings is saying, yeah, I'm, I'm annoyed by that. And that's okay. I should be annoyed if somebody's yelling at my kid and over drinking, right? Like that would be a normal emotion to have now where we can get, we can just acknowledge that, validate that feeling for ourselves and not ruminate on that. But like, okay, I acknowledge that I feel this way. So what do I want to do here? Do I want to have a conversation? Do I want to you know, get my kids out of that situation? Like, you know, you have choices there. Um, it's usually better not to react from your emotions, right? Get to a more neutral place and then like have some time, like maybe in the morning or something after you've calmed down a little bit, then we can go into action mode or deciding what to do. So I hope that helps. No, you do not have to Pollyanna out of it in order to change feelings. You don't. You can acknowledge how you feel and then interrupt the actions that you take. So if you're feeling annoyed, right, we, we can choose not to drink and just let ourselves work on being annoyed, right? We can decide like with intention what we want to do from that emotion, right? You can be like, I can feel annoyed and I can go have a conversation with them tomorrow when he's not drinking or when I'm not so agitated, right? Like having power around that emotion is probably what's most important, um, but I, I would, you know, just look at that as an opportunity. Like, am I, I am I in alignment with the life that I want to live here and who I want to be with and all of that stuff? Um, again, very nuanced, probably better to have a more direct conversation, but I'm glad that that helped. Oh, this is a fun one. Wow. Best money I've spent in a long time. The fact that my thoughts do not have to be my reality and I can work to change them and therefore my feelings, even the negative chatter in my mind. I thought I was over that in my life, but after reflecting, I'm far from over that. I can't wait to put this work into my life. Yeah. So again, like the nuances here, 
we don't want to change our thoughts about everything. We don't want to change our feelings about everything, even though we can, and we have that ability through awareness and through the tools and the coaching model that I teach. But sometimes we don't want to. We just want to listen. We want to become aware. We want to understand why we're feeling this way and then make decisions on what we do. So inside of my program, I teach you how to do that. Like, when do I change my thoughts or do I process my feelings or have a difficult conversation? Like I help you understand which course of action to take inside the program and through coaching. Oh, this is a good one. How do you believe in yourself enough that you can write down a drink plan and feel optimistic that you can stick to it? So the quick and dirty on this is you just have to start practicing believing in yourself. Even when you may not have any belief in yourself, you can borrow the belief, like all of my client stories, borrow belief from me. It's like, okay, I know it's possible. I know it, it happens. Other people can do this. So can I be open to thinking that I can do this too? Right. So it's like, maybe you don't fully believe that you can do it, but like, well, I'm not special, right? Like none of us are special in this problem. <laughs> like, even though we, we, a lot of times we feel alone until we get into a group like this. Um, so I'm like, I know other people can do it. So I just wonder if I can be open to believing that I can, that's how I would change that. And then making a drink plan, right. And then trying to follow it. And if you don't follow it, you want to be willing to go figure out why the next day. So inside of my program, again, we have worksheets for that. It's called an evaluation. And you just ask yourself what worked, what didn't work, what would I do differently next time? And then you can figure that out and not shame yourself so that you can do better next time. It's a process. To so think that you're going to follow your drink plan perfectly is ludicrous. Like nobody does that unless they are really committed to taking a like a full alcohol-free break. Right. So the goal is like if I can like reduce my drinking by 80 percent, even a 50 percent reduction would be amazing. We're humans. We make mistakes. We don't follow through on things. That's normal. But it's how you talk to yourself after that. That's important. We don't want to shame ourselves. We don't want to like go hide and and avoid doing the work or looking at it. It's like, OK, let me go figure this out. I'm willing to learn from this. And then you move on and you go try again. Yeah. And Tammy, I, you know, inside the program, there's a, I have a full video and worksheet on how to build trust with yourself and building trust with yourself actually starts after you don't follow through. That's when we need to work on building up trust the most, because what happens is people make a drink plan and then they don't follow it. And they're like, fuck it. This doesn't work for me. I'm a failure. It's never worked. Blah, blah, blah. And then they go into a spin and they don't get back at it. And they have longer periods of time where they're kind of in that self-sabotage over drinking cycle. So the, to break that and to drink less, we build trust after we have an overdrink about how we talk to ourselves and be willing to be curious and see what happened. The led to you not following through on your plan. Then you become aware and you learn something and you can take that and move forward and be more aware next time you're in that same cycle. Okay. The people that do that, that do that work are the ones that are the most successful. They don't let their failure or not following through mean anything about themselves. They just, okay, I'm willing to figure this out. And they move on and they continue with their drink plan. You're welcome. Can your drink plan only have two days alcohol-free a week and only one or two of the other days? You get to decide what your drink plan has on it always. You guys are in charge of this. <laughs> what I help you do is help you look at your goals. You know, um, are you making progress towards your goals? Are we 
you know, using the drink plan to still have alcohol in case we're having a bad day, like that kind of stuff. But you guys ultimately get to decide what your drink plan looks like. There's not a prescribed way to make a drink plan. My best piece of advice is just make a plan. Don't overthink it. Challenge yourself a little bit and then work on it for a week and then reevaluate it and then make another plan. And maybe you, you know, drop a couple drinks off of it the following week to have some progress. But you guys get to decide what that looks like. Yay. <laughs> All right. Celebration. I just finished up six months in the program. I'm thrilled with my progress. My husband saw my results from cutting down the first three months and he decided to join me. I love this story. And we have both been alcohol free since mid-January. We've both lost about 10 pounds. And for the first, and it was the first alcohol-free vacation we've had together in probably 10 years. And it was wonderful. We cooked, we hiked, we read books, we watched movies, we went on a tour of a cheese factory, not a winery. That is so fun. Uh, no hangovers, no fights, no sleeping a good vacation day away. We saved a lot of money. This program has been so instrumental in me getting out of a major funk. And I appreciate all the materials and the support of Angela and all of the coaches, mentors, and friends. It didn't happen overnight, but that's probably the best part. Looking back at my journal entries from six months ago is eye-opening. I'm very grateful. I'm so proud of myself too. How fun is that? Like, I actually have a really good podcast about the husbands and the relationships and like how they, the women came on and we shared but like by just by them being in the program, their husbands started drinking less and their relationships improved. And like it's, it's the same thing exact, exactly happened with my husband. Like he barely drinks anymore and our relationship is so much better. So don't worry about that so much. My, my advice, just focus on you and it'll have a ripple effect around the people around you. RJ, so how to set up a call with you to see if your program is a fit. So you got to apply. So Amanda, can you drop that link in there again? It's angelamasonic.com forward slash join S-O-D-S-L. And I'll fill out an application. And if you sound like a good fit and you want to have a call, I'll email you and we'll set up a call. And that's how it works. Thank you. Yay. Tammy can't wait to be at that point in the near future. Good. Okay. So what question, I know we went over a little bit. I just have a lot to say. So <laughs> what questions can I answer for y'all? This is the link again, angelamasonic.com forward slash SODSL. If you want to screenshot this, copy and paste that link that um, you're welcome. I can't see myself ever being there, but maybe it's possible, RJ. I know it's hard to visualize, RJ. I, I just want to acknowledge you on that, especially if you've been in the struggle for a while. But I hope I've painted a picture that it might be possible. And that's all we need. I Maybe I could do this, right? If I can do it, you for certainly can. If all these other women can do it, you can do it. You got to start. That's the first step in any of this. It's just like, can I believe in myself a little bit to try? Can I see what's possible for myself? If that, If I could, what does that look like? Like a really good exercise for all, all of you is to just go write in your journal. What would your life look like if you didn't over drink anymore? How would you feel? What would you be doing? What, like literally put that on paper. Because if you can think it and you can see it that way, you can make it happen. Okay. You're welcome. Okay. And you emailed me a question. Was that today? Hmm. I don't see an email from you, Anne. Amanda, maybe you can check. And if, if you see it in there, could you put it in the chat again, Anne? 
just now. Okay. Oh, there it is. <laughs> All right, let's see. Okay, what do I say to my husband when he says, I don't trust you drinking at a party where there is a lot of alcohol? Would just you know be like I'm sorry that you feel that way and I'm working on it. That that's my initial response to it, you know. So I would I would do the evaluation and figure out why you overdrink at that party, Anne, and then maybe just have a conversation with them about it. Like share what you what you learned about that situation. You can only reassure people like through our actions, right? Like you can tell people I promise I won't do it. All these things, right? And that doesn't really hold a lot of weight, but what does is your actions. So you can acknowledge that he's upset, right? He's he's entitled to have his thoughts and feelings too, just like we are, right? And so he's scared, right? So acknowledging or asking, okay, how do you how are you feeling about that? I, I hear that you don't trust me, but what are, what are you feeling? And I'm willing to talk about it with you if you want, and just listen to him. You don't have to say anything. Like I hear you, I'm working on it. I'll, I'll try to do better. Right. And you don't need to convince. Right. Or any of that from that energy. It's just like, yeah, it sucks. I overdrink. I acknowledge that I did that. And I did this evaluation. This is what I found out. And I'll be more aware next time. That's all we can do. Right. Um, we can't sometimes change what other people think and feel. So just allowing him to have his thoughts and feelings. We've talked about that before. Right. The more we can allow other people to have thoughts and feelings, the peaceful we feel instead of adding more energy into ourselves about thinking they should be thinking something different. They think what they think and that's okay. We don't have to believe it. We don't have to get into it. We don't have to try to change them. We can just be like, I hear you. Yeah, it sucks. I'm, I acknowledge that myself. Sometimes I don't trust myself either. With love, like with honest, with sincerity, with vulnerability. Hey, Jennifer, I think, especially since the pandemic, I've been drinking more to relieve my anxiety and loneliness. I would love to not overdrink or use alcohol to tame my mind and emotions. Then you should join my program <laughs> because that's exactly what we do is the first month when you join, it's all about feelings. There's a workbook, there's tutorial videos, and you learn and be able to describe and have more emotional agency over yourself so that you're you're breaking that pattern of when you feel those feelings and then going to drink. So you learn how to be with it. You learn how to process it, right? And to neutralize how you feel, right? And that is where all the power is. That's the core principles to everything. So that's why we work on that when you first join and you get coaching on it and support. It's a really good way to, to actually permanently stop that because our emotions drive all of our behavior. It's just human. That's just what happens with humans. We have feelings and it drives us to go do something. So if you can get agency over that, not only can you stop over drinking, but you can stop being so reactive to a lot of things. You can stop yelling at your kids so much or being so reactive or, you know, at work situations, like how you show up there too. It, it, it applies it to all, it bleeds over to all the areas of your life. Oh, and this program is great. I feel you are really there to help me. Thanks. You're welcome. I really do care about you guys because I fully believe in you and I've been there and I know what it takes to be on the other side of this. And so I'm totally invested in your growth and being there whenever you need me. So, okay, Jennifer, the evaluation questions are what worked. So you want to just kind of celebrate what you did work to kind of what you did to support yourself and not drinking so much, what didn't work. And I 
identify some of the thoughts or what was happening for you at that time, you decided to drink more than you wanted to. And then the, the third part is, what am I going to do differently next time? And that just kind of maps out your plan for how you'll address it next time, should it exist again. You guys are amazing. Okay, let's see. Oh, one more. Angela's program is amazing. I was a member of SODSL for 12 months. It really has changed my life for the better. I'm only drinking occasionally. I'm setting and meeting my goals. And I've made so many great friends in this program. I highly recommend this program. It's it's so true. Like people have established friendships. They've met up in person. It's so fun. I sometimes have VIP retreats. There's actually an opportunity to do a retreat with me in April, or I'm sorry, in March. I think I have four spots left. If you join the program and upgrade to a VIP with me, you can come be with me and some other VIP members in person in March. And that's the only opportunity to do that is by joining the program. So if that's exciting to you, you should do it. Sharon, I just need to figure out why I overdrink. I don't think it's stress or anxiety. That's not the only reason why we overdrink. It's, it is an emotional thing. It may not be stress or anxiety for you. Maybe it's loneliness. Maybe it's boredom. Maybe it's feeling frustrated. Maybe you're using it to amplify your celebratory feelings like fun or joy or happiness, right? But it's always emotional. It just, it just go back to the beginning of what I was talking about. It may not be stress and anxiety, but it is something emotional. And that's why you're over drinking. And so by joining the program, you will figure that out very quickly because what the drink plan does is it helps set like a framework for you. And then you check in with yourself when it's time to have your planned drinks, like, okay, what am I feeling? If I didn't drink this right now, what would I have to be willing to sit with? You know, what emotion would be there that I would have to be willing to be in that helps you figure it out real quick. Or if you're taking a, you know, a couple of days off in a row, you will find out what that reason is real quick. Ooh, Jennifer, I also find that when my family, older siblings are scolding me for past incidents, it makes me want to drink more to spite them. Yeah. So Jennifer, when you were, I'm going to come off um, sharing my screen. So that's, that's, those are the slides. You guys should join the program. Um, I am closing enrollment at the end of the month and you will not be able to join this program in its current iteration. And what I'm going to be offering next is something totally different. So if you want high touch, if you want direct access to me several times a week in a very intimate setting, regular coaching, accountability, and all of the materials that I've created, especially for you in the six-month program, then you should apply to join. And we do take payment plans. I forgot to mention that. So you can pay in full, which I appreciate, or you can do three and six months payments once you're approved. So you've got to fill out the application. I approve all and look at all of the applications. Um, and if you want to have a call with me, we can do that within the next week. And then you can be in and you can either start now or you can start January 1st. And then your six months will go until the end of June. All right. Let me come back to stop sharing here. Okay. Hi. I think you should. Well, hold on. I think you should just be able to see me now. Okay. <laughs> my crown um let me see Ooh, Catherine in the first two months of Angela's program I went from 25 to 30 drinks per week or more to five to seven drinks per week it has been amazing I'm so happy Catherine thank you there was another question um oh Jennifer 
when you're old, when your family is scolding you for drinking for past incidents, it makes me want to drink more to spite them. So Jennifer, what do you think? Like what, what's happening in your mind when they're, when they scold you? Like, what do you think about that? That I'm a bad girl. Is it, they think I'm a bad little girl. They're scolding me. Is it like that? I, okay. I've let them down so many times. Okay. So when you have those thoughts, like I'm a bad little girl, I've let them down so many times. How do you feel, Jennifer? Shitty. Like, but name, like we understand it's a negative emotion, but like name it. Is it shamed, guilty, regretful? Big shame. Okay. And guilt. Yeah. So when you feel that shame, just like that hollow, terrible feeling in our gut, right. And regretful that what do you, you typically do when you feel that way? Drink, right? Yeah. So this is a perfect example about your thinking, creating your feelings, and then your feelings, driving your actions. Okay. They said words to you, and then your mind has a thought about it. Like, I'm a bad girl. I've let them down so many times, right? And then you go into the shame, and then that shame drives your desire to escape that feeling by drinking, right? So to undo that, we just need to look at, okay, their words, although I can't really control what I think when people say things. I can control how I react. So can I just be with this feeling and learn how to process that and interrupt what I do from here? Or can I, I mean, I would recommend changing that thought, those thoughts, and you can do that, right? Probably not initially when they say something, you're going to have a real quick reaction. We can't control that, but we can notice that and then change. Okay, well, how do I want to think about this? It feels better for me that leads me to less drinking. Yes, Jennifer, that makes sense. Since I'm the youngest, they've always told me what to think and feel. After four decades, I'm still trying to figure out what I actually feel instead of what they tell me to feel. Gosh. Yeah, that's our job as an adults. <laughs> like, that's our job is to own what we want to think and feel, right? Like, how we want to react to certain things and like what belief systems we want to have. We have a whole month inside the program called Belief Systems. It helps us identify some of these old, shitty belief systems that we have and like, what do I want to take on now as an adult? It's a great month. Um, Tatiana, you have a concern about rewarding yourself for not drinking. So let's just like make a list of rewards that you could have that would be good for you. You know, a lot of people might go to food. So like outside of food, like what would be super rewarding for you to celebrate yourself? We should all celebrate ourselves for following through on not drinking or drinking less. So it's not a bad thing to want to do that. But like, what are some things that you can do that wouldn't produce more bad habits? <laughs> you know, like maybe you get some nice bath products or maybe you get a new book or something like that. You give, you know, have some nice special teas delivered, like whatever, you know, like think about good things that you can do to reward yourself that will help enforce some of the healthier habits that you want to have. You like food and drink best. I know, but that's just sort of like your desire levels are high for those things, right? So part of this work is figuring out new things to have desires for, right? So like we got to retrain ourselves and try different things to find more joy and pleasure. There's a lot more pleasure to be had than just through food and alcohol. 
you know, like you could go buy a crown and wear it. I mean, I'm just giving you an example. Like I find a lot of pleasure in putting nice clothes on my body, taking good care of my skin, taking a bath a couple of times a week, having like a tea ritual at night. All of that is very rewarding to me. And just being in the positive emotions of following through and learning how to process those without needing anything extra to make it better. So I would practice on feeling good about yourself without doing anything and just sitting with that, like practice feeling good. And you know how we practice processing our negative emotions. Y'all should practice feeling good too. And just enjoying that it feels good to feel good. All right, friends, do you have any questions about the program? Anything I can help you with before we sign off here? Um, we're definitely way over on time. <laughs> Thank you for all hanging on for as long as you did. I would love to see you apply to join the program. And if you have questions about it before you apply, just send us an email at hello at angelamasenic.com. We will have this recording up tomorrow and email it out to you tomorrow morning. And if you want to have a call with me before you join the program, just fill out that application. And there's a, a place in the application to indicate you'd like to have a call. And I'll get back to you. Okay. Thank you all for spending the day with me, for being open to me demonstrating in real time how you should not worry about what other people think and being authentic to yourself. That's the ticket. Ask yourself what you want. Say no to some more things. Process those feelings. Give yourself some time and you should join my program. Okay. I love you all. All right, friends, that's a wrap on all of your hot questions answered. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and don't forget to get your applications in to join Stop Over Drinking and Start Living. Mwah.